Previously on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. We've seen some chirping by the Lakers about the officiating on LeBron. If you breathe on LeBron, he may get a call. Sooner or later, Father Time gets everybody. He reminds me a lot of a guy from Willow Ridge by the name of Thurman Thomas. You know, I feel like Minnesota should be there at the end. I still think that Green Bay should dominate that division. Typically, if you watch Texans, no matter who they play early in the season, they typically generally start slow. The problem with colleges is there's just no consistency right now and i think that's outstanding i'm excited for dion i'm excited for the swag and i was drunk and too friendly y'all get out of the way that's gil says we don't need conrad murray on the sideline we believe in change and we're prepared for it with new techniques and new approaches and as for our part we feel that you're the best pieces of manpower available in this whole region let it go out there today baby three two and once again, our mighty ship is back on course. Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Oh, mama, there goes that man. You ladies and gentlemen, star of our show. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. So glad that you are here. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate you guys for coming back and listening time and time again. And welcome to all the folks who are new to the podcast. And I'm going to give you a rundown of a great episode because we have some fun stuff coming your way and we think that you will enjoy it. But first and foremost, let's take care of some housekeeping for the newbies. (laughs) If you want to get in touch with all things D-Wade, go to wadeswordproductions.com. That's wadeswordproductions.com. There you can see all the things that are going on with Devin Wade, the Sports Talk uh, page where you can go listen to past episodes. Sometimes there are poll questions, and you can subscribe to the email list. That way you can uh, keep abreast of what we have going on and what we have coming up and what we have planned, and it's just a fun way to stay connected. In addition to that, we have a a 24-hour-a-day sports line, 832-941-6614. That's 832-941-6614. I really wish you guys would take advantage of that a little bit more because I love hearing from you guys. You can leave a message, a question, a comment, anything about anything pertaining to sports, or maybe not just sports. I don't know. depends on how interesting the take is, and we'll try to work it into the next podcast. That's 832 941-6614. And finally, on social media at Wade's Word on Twitter and the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and group on Facebook. So if you haven't joined us before, we have segments. We break this thing down into various segments and we have a number of fun ones for you this time out. We have some headlines. Then we have a We the People segment where we hear from you guys answering poll questions. And those of you who did call and leave a message on the sports line, we'll run some of those down for you. Then we'll tell you not only who was nice this past weekend, but who was D-nice, who I deemed to have had a wonderful weekend in the NFL. So that's coming up. Then we'll take a time out and hear from our sponsor and our resident DJ, DJ Anarchy. And uh, he'll be in the mix. And I'll tell you more about having your music music played on this podcast then we'll get into some something that's sort of brand new these are things that are not necessarily related to sports but just my take on some things and then we have a segment called still called the blues that's for all of the teams and players who had a losing weekend and finally we have the lamont award for the big dummy of the podcast and then before i let go so all that's coming up but first let's get started with some Headlines! 
in headlines. There are so many things going on as we speak. I am watching the Astros tied at eight in the opening round of Major League Baseball playoffs. They're tied with the Minnesota Twins, top of the eighth. Let's hope that the Astros, well, I'm hoping that the Astros can come through and win this series and make a, a push in the playoffs. Now, this is not the 2017 Astros. They have suffered so many injuries. And somebody, it was somebody high profile, somebody said, oh, look at the Astros when they don't have trash cans. Well, dumb ass. If you didn't notice, no Justin Verlander, no Osuna, no Brantley missed time, Altuve missed time. So many guys have been out, so many major injuries on this baseball team, and they're doing good just to be where they are. A lot of young pitchers. Dusty Baker's done a great job with all these replacements stepping in for all the injuries all season long. So good luck to the Astros. I, I cannot remember right now who it was. But if it comes to me, I will definitely mention it. So that's going on. But the biggest thing with the most long-term implications for this week and beyond possibly are the positive COVID test within the Tennessee Titans organization and the subsequent work from home order given to both the Tennessee Titans and the Minnesota Vikings. So far, the games are on, but five staff members and three players for the Tennessee Titans tested positive for COVID and they played Minnesota on Sunday. So all of those guys are going to work from home. They're going to have meetings on, you know, from home. It's going to be a weird thing. They're not going to do walkthroughs. They're not going, I guess they're going to, they still have to fly here. But I guess by Saturday, they'll have it resolved. The Tennessee Titans are set to take on the Pittsburgh Steelers. And the again, the Vikings are supposed to travel to Houston to take on the Texans. Right now, those games are still on. And the Minnesota Vikings especially have been sort of uh, banned from their facility uh, to prevent spread if somebody, in fact, did get it within the Vikings organization. So we'll have to see what happens with that. But again, this is maybe the first or a precursor to a larger work stoppage or delay or postponements within the NFL. So far, they'd skated by so easily. It's almost It was almost too good to be true. And finally, now we see that it's happening in Tennessee. They have not identified the players. Maybe by the time you hear this, they'll have identified the players. Players have not been identified in this case as of yet. In the NHL, we have a brand new champion as the Tampa Bay Lightning win 4-2 in the Stanley Cup Finals. And that is the first North American title given since COVID. Will it feel as sweet? Does it feel as sweet? I would have to ask the folks of Tampa. I can't imagine. Well, maybe in Florida, they don't give a damn. They may have a parade and everything. But I was going to say I didn't think they would have a parade. Maybe they will because it is. Florida, after all, we, we don't know. Don't know if they can have it, but, but like I said, clearly DeSantis and the folks in Florida are not worried in the least about COVID. So that may happen. That happened in the NHL. We don't. We never talk NHL, but it's worth mentioning. A champion has been crowned, so that's a big, big deal. Also in the NBA, Doc Rivers parting ways with the Los Angeles Clippers. Somebody had to be on the hook for a 3-1 loss, and that's his third. Coaching leading a series 3-1, they allowed the Nuggets to come back and beat them. And I think what makes it worse is that the Lakers made it to the finals. Had the Nuggets beat the Lakers, maybe, maybe, just maybe, Doc comes back. I don't know. 
I don't know the inner workings of the Clippers organization, but maybe he comes back. But to have the Lakers in your building, in your city, go to the NBA Finals, beating the team that beat you is probably too much to bear for Steve Ballmer and the uh, the Clippers organization. So the Doc is out there. A lot of folks in Houston want him here. It'll be interesting to see. People saying, well, Sam Cassell should be the guy to come in and replace him. But it's hard to imagine replacing a coach from the staff of the coach you fired. You never know what's going to happen in those types of situations. But this is a situation where the players got this man fired. So he, essentially, this is what it is. You want Kawhi. Kawhi says, I want Paul George. Make it happen. They go and make it happen to accommodate Kawhi Leonard. They bring in Paul George. Paul George was an awful disappointment in the playoffs. Furthermore, this team really didn't even want to go to the bubble. So I wonder, You, I mean, this will be left for debate for years and years and years, especially in L.A., what would have happened had the season progressed naturally? We'll never know. But we do know the players did not want to go to the bubble. Paul George at one point talked about his depression within the bubble and just not having, just not being himself in the bubble. Guys didn't want to be there. You had Lou Williams with the, he left and got the, the Lemon Pepper Lou moniker. Going to the strip club, Magic City, you had Montrez Harrell leaving. Patrick Beverly was late getting there, or he was injured. It was, some stuff happened with him as well. So that team, they just ran into the wrong matchup for them, and I don't think that they were as good as advertised. Just like I don't think that uh, this, if you look at any of these teams, this is kind of a down year in the NBA, if you ask me. Because once you really look at the team, like think about the third best player on these teams, you know, and I'm talking about the Clippers. Um, what was it, Lou Williams? That's is that the third best player is, uh, for the Lakers? Who's the third best player? Avery Bradley, who didn't show up? Is it Rondo? I mean, so these are not your traditional super teams or the teams like you you're with a big three at least, or in the Golden State, big four or five. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is a kind of down year, and it's been weird. But the Lakers and the Miami Heat are in the finals. That's coming up. And I will look at it, and I will come in on it. And, but I have zero interest in this series. I think the Lakers will win this series in five, maybe six. I think maybe the Miami Heat win a game. And then the big debate will again resume. LeBron or Jordan, which, again, I have just – there's nothing LeBron can do. And and I'm, people can say this, and, and maybe it's unfair. I don't care. There's nothing LeBron can do to surpass Michael Jordan in my eyes. And it's not about – and I'm not even the biggest Michael Jordan fan. But if you're talking about those two guys, and you really have to sit down and argue with me about LeBron versus Kobe. But what you can't deny is that LeBron has been spectacular in the playoffs. He's 17 years into the game. He takes incredible care of his body. He's focused in a way that you just don't see very often in athletes. He's just, I mean, he is a tremendous, tremendous athlete, and he has a tremendous commitment to the game of basketball. And you got to applaud him. You got to put him up there. But to say he's better than Jordan, nah. Say he's better than Kobe. Mm, I mean, I look at it like this. You could talk about who had the better career. Well, that'll always be Jordan. Jordan undefeated in the finals. You or you want to talk about what? What do you what? What, what do you want to talk about? How do you want to break this down? 
the way I break it down is like this. If I had my house depending on a game, which I would never do, but if everything depended on one game, if these two went into a basketball gym and only the victor would come out, 100 out of 100 times I would pick Michael Jordan over LeBron. 100 out of, well, I won't say one, it won't be 100 out of 100 times with Kobe, but I would give the slight edge to Kobe. It's an intangible, it's something you, it's a, it's a killer that, an internal hunter, just a deep dog, my life depends on it, desire to win. That's when you start bringing in other guys like Russell and Bird and Magic into the and even not not Isaiah he's too small but I'm just saying those kinds of guys from an intangible standpoint surpass LeBron all the time. Now LeBron is an incredible citizen. He'll go on to do great things in the world. He's already done some great things with school, all of that. But when you're talking about basketball, if you had a gate match of basketball, Jordan comes out every time. That's my take on that. You can give me your take on that, 832-941-6614. In the NFL, big Monday night game. It was billed. It was hyped up a little bit more than I thought it should have been. But if you're looking forward to a game, this is the game to look forward to. It was Baltimore hosting Kansas City. I thought Baltimore would win because I thought it would be more important to Baltimore to win. And quite frankly, the Chiefs offensively haven't looked like themselves to this point, until last night. Last night, it turned around in a major way. Pat Mahomes was absolutely amazing in what he did last night. He, I mean, really, that game was not even all that close. And the Chiefs ended up winning that game 34-20. It never felt that close, um, but the kick return for a touchdown kept Baltimore in it. And then a a turnover in the fourth quarter led to a score uh, for Baltimore. But Mahomes on the evening, 31 of 42, 384 yards, four touchdowns. And just the imagination, that Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy offense, is just incredible to watch. It's so confusing. They can do so many things. And the things that I like the most are the patience within the pocket. The game is a little bit slower for Pat Mahomes. So he can roll out and wait just that extra beat or two for his guy to get open. Or he has the patience to hang in just that much longer to deliver the deep ball. Just an amazing offensive performance. Conversely, Lamar Jackson did not have his best night. You look at a situation where he only threw for 92 yards, and he also ran for 83. So uh, not a great night for them. I thought that they would be up for it. They were not. And I think Kansas City is the big dog, and they will be the big dog for the remainder. As it pertains to the MVP race, Still Russell Wilson for me. Russell Wilson with another big game on Sunday. We'll get more into that. But 14 touchdowns on the season, and he could have had 15, should have had 15. We'll get into that a little bit later on. So with that, let's get into a segment that we call We the People. Time for We the People. We the people. Yeah. Had to make the 
In the We the People segment, we ask you guys poll questions on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group page and sometimes on the wadeswordproductions.com website. In addition to that, we check the sports line at 832-941-6614. Well, this time out, I asked you guys primarily about the Texans and the Cowboys, and we got into some of those questions and a lot of comments on these. First up, I asked you guys, which team is the better football team right now? The Texans on three or the Atlanta Falcons 0 and three and good news for Texans uh, you guys voted and said uh, 53% of you said that the Texans are a better team 47% said the Atlanta Falcons now we go up I-45 from Houston and I asked you guys about the great debate quarterback and we have these poll questions periodically so th- I don't think this is the first time we had it. I know we've had it on KTSU Sports Talk which quarterback would you rather have Deshaun Watson or Dak Prescott wow this one kind of shocked me a little bit but 90% of you guys said Deshaun Watson and 10% said Dak so that's a little bit of a shocker I ask you guys who is going to win the AFC South the Texans, the Titans, the Colts, or the Jaguars. Well, to the tune of 85%, you guys said the Tennessee Titans will win the division. 7.5% said the Texans, and 7.5% said the Colts. So if you agree with that, let us know. 832-941-6614. And finally, who is going to have the better season, the Cowboys or the Texans? Now, this is not, this is not even about who's the better team. Who's going to have the better season? And unanimously, you all picked the Dallas Cowboys. And I think that's for good reason. I mean, you have to, man, you look at the AFC South, you have some tough outs with Indianapolis twice. You have the unknown win, Gardner Minshew. Those guys look like they can jump up and be competitive. They looked uh, pretty bad on Thursday night football. And then you have the Indianapolis Colts, which, again, they look revived and they're rolling uh, so far. So uh, it's going to be a tough, tough division for the the Texans for the Cowboys not so much the worst division in football what a train wreck of a division Philadelphia they're the toying with well the fans are I don't know but the fans are calling for Jalen Hurts they're tired of Carson Wentz you look at the Washington football team we talked about well we'll talk about Dwayne Haskins a little bit later on and then you talk a little bit about the New York Giants who have no shot to they may not win a game they're that bad uh, with the Saquon Barkley going out, Daniel Jones is not getting it done. I, that New York City is just horrible right now. Just it's really, really bad right now. With that, let's check the sports line. See what you guys had to say. Yeah, my comment is on J.J. Watt calling out a rookie after the game. Uh, I've never, I've never known a player to do that to anybody, but especially a rookie. It's not like he cost them the game. I mean, the game was out out of hand already. But to embarrass a rookie like that. On, na- on national TV, he's always on ESPN with it. I think that's a little bit much. And I thought J.J. was a better better man than that, a better teammate. Thanks so much for the phone call. Certainly appreciate that. Uh, that call came in last week, and that is in reference to J.J. Watt in the post-game press conference really going in on rookie Ross Blaylock, who essentially got kicked out of the game for throwing a punch. No one – I never did see it, but – the team didn't contest it, and it was pretty much acknowledged that, yeah, he threw a punch late in the Baltimore game, a game that they had really gotten blown out. I mean, the game was over, essentially, when that happened, and I I don't understand that. I was surprised by that as well because normally you get on a, a kid or on a rookie, you get on him privately. I mean, really, you rarely see teammates go after other teammates. 
I mean, you had the whole Miles Garrett situation where guys tried to be as understanding as they could, but and they and some, including Baker Mayfield, were a little bit uh, negative, not as bad as what. JJ did, but I don't know how, how that's helpful. I, but again, you have to understand the context of their relationship. I, I don't understand that. Not a good look and not a good thing for that rookie particularly, unless they have some sort of, maybe he know, I mean, he, he's with him a little bit more. I, I don't know, but that didn't seem like a typical JJ Watt thing. And that wasn't cool. That was that super leadership thing. That was just, it was too much and too over the top. Let's see what the next caller has to say. Hey, Devin, it's Melissa. I was calling because of the Texans. And um, you mentioned on the previous comments about how the fans are starting to just have apathy when it comes to them. And I think that is truly where a lot of fans are, those who are still watching football. People are just tired. They're tired of having a football team that loses week after week. Or if they do win, then as has been said in the past, they just get so far and then they peter out and that's it. And so far, unfortunately, it does not look to be a good season and there's not the excitement there that, okay, we all want to be there. We want to watch the game. We want to participate. We want to support because it just seems like more of the same old, same old. And there's no indication that anything is different, anything has changed, anything is moving in a different direction, and that different direction means going towards an actual win, and we got this, we're going to the Super Bowl, so forth and so on. So I just, I guess I kind of just want to comment to say that I agree with your previous comment about feeling apathy when it comes to the Houston Tech. Want to thank Melissa for the phone call, and you can chime in on that as well. 832 941 6614. Let's unpack this a little bit. Let's let's see what went into this apathy cake that Texans fans are eating here in the city of Houston, and I guess wherever there are Texans fans. So, this goes back to last season. You have a team on the ropes, and you, you get out to this fabulous start versus Kansas City. And then you give up 41 straight points, get blown out, and Kansas City goes on to the Super Bowl, and now they're the Super Bowl champs. So what do you do in the offseason? Do you make a coaching change? Do you add a, a splash player, somebody that clearly makes the team better? No. What you do is you promote Bill O'Brien, if in name only, to general manager. He was already the guy. He was already the man that called the shots. So that was never in doubt. But now he has the title of general manager. But not only that, he ships off a top five wide receiver, the best offensive player you have. You ship him to Arizona and didn't get equal value in return. What what do your fans have to hang their hats on? Even if they understand the business side, okay, maybe that's a business decision long term, but you didn't get nearly enough in return for him. So there's that. So you say, okay, well, I can get over that. Once the game starts, Deshaun will be better. Things will be better. Everything will be better. We we add a few receivers, Brandon Cooks, and, and we add some guys, and we'll be better. Well, what do you do? You get out the gate, which is a tough break. You have the two best teams in the AFC. These are the preeminent favorites to go to the Super Bowl in the AFC. Most people had either Baltimore or Kansas City. A lot of people thought Lamar Jackson and still think Lamar Jackson and that team can get to the Super Bowl. Kansas City's Kansas City. We saw what they did last night. So tough break and you get those teams. And not only did you lose, it was never competitive. I mean, not really. 
and the separation is clear. It's right there for anything. The most fanatical Texans rooter, <laughs> the most fanatical fan can clearly see that these teams are just a head and shoulders above the Houston Texans. And then you go on the road and get beat by a really difficult team to beat in the Pittsburgh Steelers. So a tough break scheduling-wise. Now you have Minnesota, if there's a game Sunday, coming to you, and you'll have an opportunity to get better. But this is how the apathy cake is made. Bad moves in the offseason, uninspiring moves at the very least, and a promotion for there's no shakeup. Nobody said, man, there's something wrong with this. Look at what happened with the Los Angeles Clippers. No one in the NBA or around the NBA, no one would say that Doc Rivers is not a great coach in the NBA. Now, some people will say overrated, but nobody will say he's not a great coach. He's led the Clippers to the, their five, five of their top eight best records of all time. He just hadn't had the postseason success, and I think the move was more about Paul George than it was about Doc Rivers' coaching ability. But still, that organization felt like, well, you lose 3-1 to one and your arch rival, the Los Angeles Lakers, go to the NBA Finals. No, we have to make a move. That's not what happened here. They doubled down on Bill O'Brien saying, oh, okay, he's he, not only is he our coach, he's our player personnel guy. He's our GM. And that's the direction they went. And so there, there you have it. So I don't know how you come out of this other than to have some upsets down the road. But still, these two losses, these three losses at the beginning of the season are going to linger for a long, long time. With that, I want to talk about the players and the teams that had a re- had really good weekends. And what I do is I recognize teams that won and players that won. So even though there w- were guys that had better statistical days, if you didn't win, you don't get on this list. Because I don't want everybody on the list that is just nice. I want them to be D-nice. <laughs> That's nice. That's nice. That's nice. That's nice. If you want to start with teams that were D-nice, let's start with the Kings of the Hill, the Kansas City Chiefs, because once again, they proved last night why they are the Kings of the Hill with a 34-20 victory over the Baltimore Ravens. And not only did Pat Mahomes do his thing, but also that defense did work, holding Lamar Jackson to only 97 yards passing and 83 yards rushing, allowing the Ravens only one offensive touchdown. They did work, and they were D-nice. The Buffalo Bills were D-nice. They moved to 3-0 on the season with a 35-32 victory over the Los Angeles Rams with a little help from the officials. They moved to 3-0 on the season. Now, Big Ben is back, and so are the Pittsburgh Steelers 3-0. They had a 28-21 victory over the lowly Houston Texans. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers did work and got on the winning side of the ledger as they traveled to Denver and got the victory. Tom Brady had almost 300 yards passing and three touchdowns versus the Denver Broncos. And finally, when it comes to teams, the Green Bay Packers on the road in New Orleans, the battle of the old-time quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers got the best of that situation, and the Packers win moving to 3-0 and on the season with a 37-30 victory over the New Orleans Saints. If you want to talk about players who were D-nice, you have to start with Russell Wilson, the real MVP. Now, I've been touting this guy all season long. He did it again on Sunday, going 27-40 of 40 with five touchdowns, should have been six, and a 38-31 victory over the Dallas Cowboys. Patrick, not Pat Mahomes, he's right there with
Rhythm. Man, huge night last night. 31 of 42, 384 yards, four touchdowns, and a 34-20 victory over the Baltimore Ravens. Derrick Henry, the big fella, got going. 26 carries, 119 yards, rushing in a Titans victory, the 31-30 victory over the Minnesota Vikings. Now, we've talked about the Green Bay Packers and the lack of depth in the receiving core without Devontae Adams playing, but Alan Lazard stepped up. He was D-nice. Six receptions, 146 yards, and a touchdown in a 37-30 victory over the Saints. And finally, Nick Chubb, 19 carries, 108 yards, and two touchdowns in a win over the Washington football team. Those guys were not only nice, but they were D-nice. We're that going to take a time out and hear from our sponsor and our resident DJ, DJ Anarchy. On the other side, we have Still Call the Blues, we have Brand New, and we have a Lamont Award, and a whole lot more. It's the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast, anywhere you get your podcast. Sports Talk with Devin Wade wants to thank our sponsor, Kofi Bankus and CoBank Homes. The vision at CoBank Homes is simple, and it stems from the belief that clients can trust CoBank to guide them to realize one of, if not the single largest investment decision they will ever make, their home. CoBank simply looks to build lifelong relationships through service. They do this by using faith, knowledge, and technology to guide clients through the process of achieving their real estate goals. Be it buying, selling, or investing in real estate, contact Kofi at 832-757-7950. That's 832-757-7950. CoBank Homes through Keller Williams. Talk with Devin Wade podcast music from our resident DJ DJ Anarchy on the mix, and you can have your music heard on this podcast anytime. Well, not anytime, but you can have it heard on the podcast. Just email us music at wadeswordproductions.com. That's music at wadeswordproductions.com. We'll play a snippet at the halfway point and an entire track at the end of the show or an extended portion of a mix. So other DJs, you can submit your music, your mixes as well. Uh, We want it to be radio edit. The genre doesn't matter. We will play anything from classical to hard rock to Latin jazz to, I mentioned this earlier, polka, (laughs) which uh, no one has submitted polka yet, but we will do that.
if you so choose. So music at wadeswordproductions.com. Didn't get a chance to catch up with Eddie Robinson, E-Rob 50 uh, today. But as you may know, we are doing two podcasts a week, and we come to you on Tuesdays and on Thursdays. And on this Thursday, we will have another Why We Kneel segment. We will hear from Eddie Robinson, and we're working to get a very important guest on the podcast. So we're constantly working on those sort of things. So look for another podcast to come out on Thursday so you can keep up. So you have your homework assignment. Go back and listen to Tuesday and Thursday of last week. Comment, subscribe to the email list, and then make sure you stay up on us each and you Because you guys asked for it, after all. I was doing one a week, one every eight days. And you said, no, we we want a schedule. And so I've given you a schedule, Tuesdays and Thursdays, to try to sort of encapsulate all that's going on in the world of sports, including like the NBA final tomorrow, Major League Baseball playoffs, and, of course, the NFL, maybe some college stuff as well. You never know which way we will go. But with that, let's get into what's brand new. Brand new, brand new, brand new. Brand new is a segment where I talk about stuff that's not related to sports. Usually it's about me. We used to do these a lot more when things were a little bit slower, um, but now I wanted to take some time to talk about what's brand new with me. So I am not sports alone. Uh, I do a lot of political stuff, and obviously you know I'm still big on COVID. See, my I can get so emotional about these things, so I have to pace myself as we get closer to the election and as we get closer to flu season in the midst of this global pandemic. I try to pull back away from that. But if you're looking for a competition that's not sports, but it's a competition, we're a little ways away from the presidential debate tonight, which I don't know why. they At this point, nobody, there's no one. No one out there undecided. And if you are undecided now, you're a low information voter. So it doesn't, it kind of doesn't matter. <laughs> like what you think is important because you're going to cast a vote. But come on, if you don't know what side you're on now, then you, it's what is this going to do? So I, I am going to watch because I am a responsible citizen. I am, I am big on my news. I'm big on my politics. I'm big on public policy. I'm big on a lot of things. And so I'm obligated. I'm obliged to watch this. Although there's almost nothing, there's nothing that Joe Biden can do other than just stay alive and don't use the N word. (laughs) Other than that, I can't think of anything that would deter me at this point. I just want, look, especially with all the tax stuff coming out uh, on Trump, it's just, it's a bad, bad situation. And I just hope that we, because again, this is ultimately really, is really, really, really ultimately not about policy this is about something way way different this is not about hey we everyone loves america here is how we are going to make it better for everyone you can debate those things and you can have friendly debate what maybe yeah it didn't have to get so so volatile it didn't have to get so on the verge of violence if you are really debating okay what is the best way for us to move forward and that's the thing you know when we have the classic situations of conservative versus liberal it's you it used to mostly be around fiscal issues or defense issues and of course social issues as well social issues those are things that's a different category but generally 
fiscally, how are we going to move forward? Are we going to sort of facilitate an environment where business can thrive and the rising tide will lift all boats? Or are we going to build from the bottom up and provide assistance to those most in need in our society? Those are philosophical debates that you can have. That's not what's going on right now. So this is not classic Republican versus Democrat. This is something way, way different. But I urge you guys to to watch it, to understand, to look for truth, fact check, both of them. I'm not going to say one, but we know who is the bigger liar. I mean, and that's not even, I mean, that's not even debatable. But just watch, inform yourselves, stay in the loop so we can all come out of this thing a little bit better. For more content, go to WaveWordProductions.com. Well, earlier in the show, we celebrated the teams and the players that got off who were not only nice, but those who were de-nice. Well, for every winner, there is a loser. And for those teams and players, it's still called the Blues. Johnny Taylor, cue the music. Let's talk about teams that still have the blues. You have to start with Dallas Cowboys. Now, last week, they had a miracle comeback, right? The onside kick recovery, and it, it gave them the victory. They went on to get the victory versus Atlanta, their first of the season. And a lot of times when you have those sorts of improbable comebacks, it springboards your team into having victory and success moving forward. Well, that didn't happen for the Dallas Cowboys. They go to Seattle, had an opportunity to really do some work against a very depleted Seattle Seahawks defense. But the result was another loss. You had a situation where Dak Prescott three turnovers. Ezekiel Elliott only carried the ball 14 times, and they still have the Blues. Next up, the Houston Texans. Look, the Houston Texans are 0-3 on the season after a loss Sunday versus Pittsburgh. They came out, they had a really good start, scored 21 points in the first half. But in the second half, only could muster 51 total yards and two first downs. In addition to that, the Texans are the only team in the NFL without a takeaway. So they still have the Blues. The Minnesota Vikings, they can't get right. and They're 0-3 on the season. A last-second loss to the Tennessee Titans, they are 0-3 on the season. And the COVID situation, they may not even play next Sunday. Now, the Atlanta Falcons, this is 1-1-8. This is the team that has the Blues. This team is the first team in NFL history to lose back-to-back games after leading by 15 points in the fourth quarter. They blow another one again, but not to Mitchell Trubisky, you had a quarterback get benched and you still lose the game as Nick Foles came in for the Chicago Bears and led them to a victory. 0-3, Dan Quinn, dead coach walking. I mean, he has to walk the plank. The Philadelphia Eagles still have the Blues. They tie the Cincinnati Bengals and give Joe Burrow his first opportunity to not lose a game. The Bengals were 0-2 coming into the game. They tied at 23. They had multiple opportunities to win that game in overtime. You play 70 minutes versus the Cincinnati Bengals, and you end up in a 23-23 tie. Carson Wentz, 29 of 47, 225 yards and two interceptions. The Eagles still have the Blues. Players that have the Blues. We talked about a Mitchell Trubisky. 
you were on a 2-0 team, you go in, you get to 3-0, but not with you because you went 13-22, one touchdown, one interception, and you were benched in the third quarter, and Nick Foles is now the starting quarterback for the Chicago Bears. Dak Prescott, this was a tough one to give you because, look, you put up a bunch of yards. You had you went 37-57. You had three touchdowns, but you also had three turnovers for you, and when they needed you, you just couldn't get it done. I don't, I don't really blame him for that last interception. Dwayne Haskins, look, man, are you the guy? You may be making way for Alex Smith's comeback. He was 21-37, 224 yards and two touchdowns, but he had three interceptions and a fumble. Sam Darnold for the New York Jets, man, they can't get anything going offensively. They lost 36-7. He was 17-29 with three interceptions to go with one touchdown, and the Jets are 0-3. Kyler Murray, this is a tough one because he's had a great year to this point, but two touchdowns. He had three interceptions versus Detroit at home. That's a tough loss for the Arizona Cardinals, and you lose a little bit of that momentum and that hype behind all of that success early on. So those teams and those players, they still have the blues. Hey, any way you look at it, it's still called the blues. Tell them about it, Johnny Taylor. I tell you what, how many of you know the blues? I mean, have a personal experience with the blues. <laughs> I know the blues. I, I certainly, and I think, I, I suspect at this point in 2020, we all know the blues. But with that, it's time for the Lamont Award. I don't want to wish you no bad luck, but I hope your ship sinks. With no lifeboats and no life preservers and a school of piranhas surrounding you, you big dummy. The Lamont Award goes to the player team entity, someone in or around the world of sports that we deem to be the big dummy of the podcast. This time out, this is a really a tale of what could have been. So this Lamont Award recipient, this big dummy, <laughs> or the person that is the big dummy of the episode, made a mistake that really almost was super duper costly. He redeemed himself. But it was very, very close to him being on the hook for a loss in the NFL. And I'm talking about a guy in DK Metcalf. Now, DK Metcalf is an amazing physical specimen. This dude is 6'4", between 230 and 240. He's in his second year for the Seattle Seahawks, an amazing specimen. This dude is can really, if he works hard and stays healthy and gets lucky, he can be a super-duper star in this league. On his career, he's played in 19 games. He has also 10 touchdowns. So, uh, you know, 10 touchdowns in 19 games, not bad. Not bad at all, young man. And he got off to a great start so far in 2020. So far this season, he has three touchdowns. Well, he could have had four. Because we see this from time to time. Do you all remember the Leon Lett play where he recovered the fumble and ran to the end zone and he thought he was home free and Don Beebe came and I think it was Beebe. Wasn't it Don Beebe? Or Steve, it wasn't Steve Tasker. It was Don Beebe. Knocked the ball free out of the end zone and he missed an opportunity to score a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Well, this wasn't the Super Bowl, but this is a big game, big conference game versus the Dallas Cowboys. And understand how difficult it is to get a touchdown in the NFL. 
it's not an easy thing to do. Although his quarterback, Russell Wilson, has made it look easy this year. It's not an easy thing to do. So when you get a touchdown, you really have to appreciate what you've done and, and cherish touchdowns because you, you just, it's just not going to happen a whole lot for most players in the NFL. He goes out on a go route and beats his defender, and he, I mean, is open by four or five, well, not even four or five yards. He, he's open. He's clearly open and beat his defender. On his way to the end zone, works so hard to beat him, gets a couple yards from the end zone, really checks up. Didn't understand that the defender was right behind him chasing him still. And the defender knocked the ball free out of the end zone, and they missed out on a scoring opportunity. Now, he came back in the fourth quarter and got that touchdown back, if you can get a touchdown back. But it really kept that game in jeopardy for a long, long time, longer than it could have been had they opened up a lead, a little bit bigger lead earlier in that ball game. But he he's going to be a great one, and he's exciting to watch. And we see this with Sean Jackson has done this. We've seen this every couple of years. You have a guy that will drop the ball before he gets to the end zone or that player do something irresponsible like this. And that's what DK Metcalf did. I'm so glad he redeemed himself. Could you imagine what his week would have been like had he not come back, had Seattle not come back and won that game? He would have had a horrible week. But it didn't happen for him. He did redeem himself, but that didn't keep him from getting the Lamont Award because DK Metcalf, you are a big dummy. You big dummy. <laughs> <laughs> these guys are intelligent and we, we say all these things we do these things in jest so it's it's tongue-in-cheek we're not really i would never call anybody publicly dumb i wouldn't do that so in the spirit of the lamont award he's a big dummy but we know that he's going to be a superstar in this league we have to keep an eye out for him and we look forward to seeing more of dk metcalf especially working with russell wilson so with that before I let go. Before I let go. Before I let go, hey, want to uh, remind you guys, Thursday we have another edition of Why We Kneel. We have Eddie Robinson will be joining us. We anticipate we're working on a, another guest. We have somebody special that we think we'll be able to get on the podcast. We're constantly working on guests, and uh, so that's coming up. want to thank all the folks who, who are – I want to thank you guys for checking us out. want to thank folks who took time to call, uh, make comments on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and group on Facebook. Hit me up on Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, remember, 832-941-6614 for the sports line. And, of course, wadeswordproductions.com. Thank our DJ, DJ Anarchy, our sponsor, Cobank Homes. Thank you guys again. But, as always, remember these four things. Number one, I don't do no favors after 6 o'clock in the evening. Two, I ain't got no money. Three, I'm not harboring any fugitives from justice. And four, bye. This has been the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Remember, you can follow him on Twitter at Wade's Word. Thank you for listening. <laughs>